0: Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that is based on a comic book or a comic book property. I am your host for the evening. My name is Taylor. With me, as always, is Ryan. Hello! And Greg.
1: Hey, Taylor. You know what I like about your introduction? What? You say it's the only podcast where we talk about all the comic book TV shows. Yes. We're not saying that this is the only podcast where that, where that is done at all.
2: We wish we could say that. Yeah, but we can't.
1: But you're not, if you listen to another podcast, you're not going to be hearing us.
0: Yeah, no. We, well, you might hear us on another podcast, but we're not going to be talking about every, every single Every live action television show, yeah. show that's yeah. based on a comic book or a comic book property. We might
1: be talking about something traumatic that happened in our childhood. Yeah, or you know.
0: like, uh, like a funny interaction we had with a celeb. Yeah, I might give fishing tips. Yeah, I've I've been uh, working on uh, woodworking, so mm-hmm. I've got like a, an entire show where I just describe how I would woodwork. It doesn't work as well as when you like record it with yeah. a video.
2: Greg, what I love about your fishing podcast is that it's not just for veterans. Like, yeah. it, it brings everyone in. You know, what if this is your first fishing podcast?
1: Well, I stand with the troops, mm-hmm. so almost everything I do. That is, you wear your ribbon. It's just yeah. for the veterans. I appreciate. And then I have the podcast where I do my night court fanfic. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm getting a, a big response to that. And um, what
0: what's the troop stance on that podcast?
1: On the the night court fanfic, yeah, they don't care for it. Okay, uh, yeah, they've been. I mean, th- I've been getting a lot of feedback about that one. Most of the feedback has been like, "Hey, brother, you got to stop."
2: Right. Well, you but know it's what? It's all, all from the troops. The troops.
1: Yeah, it's all from the it's all from the troops.
2: Okay. Yeah. We still love them though. Yes. No. Fuck the troops. <laughs> I, I, no. I I actively, The last
0: straw. I am actively against the troops and my woodworking podcast. We do have a disclaimer at the front that if you're a troop, get the fuck out. You're not, not to listen. listen. You are. No, we can't put those locks on it because the technology's not there yet. And not I've, yet. I've been calling Tim Apple like every day. No, no, no. <laughs> when you go to Your download good friend a podcast, Tim Apple. My good friend Tim Apple, and he and he's like, oh, we're working on it, definitely.
2: Mm. Uh, when you go to download the podcast, you hit the button and it says, wait, hold on. Are you a troop? And they're going to answer honestly. And then when they say yes, you get the fuck out. You're not listening to this woodworking podcast.
1: Here's what you do. You don't ask them if they're a troop because they'll see that one coming. You ask them this question. Do these colors run? Oh. You will always get troops answer that question one way. Regular non-troops answer that a completely different way.
2: Which means two things. One, that they are super patriotic. And two, they are great at laundry. Like, yeah. I can't keep my colors from running, and I don't know what I'm doing Listen, wrong.
1: Listen, brother, all I do is I wash on cold. My-
2: it's just always cold no matter what. Cold, cold. My favorite shirt. And then shirt. when do you put bleach in? Uh, I- Whites? Just in the dryer. <laughs> yep, that makes
0: sense. Just right <laughs> in, just the in the dryer. My favorite shirt that I've ever owned was a shirt that I had uh, that I got pretty soon after 911 uh-huh. that it, it said these colors don't run yeah and we watched it and the colors immediately ran really did run <laughs> they yeah, really did run right after
1: 911 there was like a real uptick in very very cheap patriotic stuff and so it's pretty ironic in most cases to have the slogan these colors don't run because they run like a motherfucker.
2: if you are if your colors don't run are you also the type of person who is also like demanding that you should not be treaded on? Yeah, those are the same people. Yeah, and it, they're a big—they're the
1: ones that are always saying like, "Love it or leave it." Mm-hmm. So. You have to choose between those two.
2: Not like I, I, like I, I, I think I might, but I do have some issues, and I would like to talk about those issues. Yeah, yeah, not like then you know, I should leave it.
1: I would like to maybe make this place even better than it is right now by examining some of our core principles, and see it. if we're living up to them. Get the just get the, the get fuck get out of GTFO, here, dork, bro. God damn it! Why don't you just give the president <laughs> nonstop power to do whatever he wants instead of being a little bitch? We can
0: all agree that the best flag ever created is the come and take it flag, right? (laughs) Because that one's (laughs) kick-ass. I like that one a lot. Is Keep that, using that one. Is
1: that the one that you got tattooed over your lower back with an arrow that points down?
0: Yeah, it says "Come and take it," pointing down. But it's still got the cannon. But it, <laughs> like the <laughs> end of the cannon has been turned into a little dickhead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I also like how you added above that an arrow that's pointing up with a question mark. Like figure it out. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but yeah. do it. Well,
0: I I did that for Spanish readers because they have the the different right. the different reverse or, arrows, or, yeah, yeah, orientations. Yeah,
1: I shouldn't have to think about people who speak Spanish, this is America. It shouldn't even be brought up in front of me. Speak it or leave it. Well, Speak it or
0: leave it. I've I've got an equal access it, so anyone can come and take it.
1: It's got to be great that uh, the people who are worst with the English language are the ones who demand that they hear it all the time. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, (laughs) you got to have one. I'm trying to master
0: this one. Stop bringing up other ones. It's too much. There's too many (laughs) (laughs) options. Speaking of too many options... We watched a whole bunch of shows. We're going to be talking about Fear the Walking Dead as our main one, but before we get to that, the Super Serious Shishy Bullpen.
1: We have excused Taylor from the room, Ryan, and we are going to have a spoiler-filled discussion of Spider-Man Far From Home.
2: Thanks for bringing that up, Greg. Yeah. Can I just, off the top of my head, ask you a question? Yeah, please do. Two months after the final MCU movie of Phase 3, we get the other final mcu movie of phase three spider-man far from home doesn't just serve as a sequel to 2017's homecoming but also as an epilogue to the events of avengers endgame the snap now called the blip or the thanos tingle and the casualties of endgame particularly tony stark are very much on far from home's mind meanwhile peter and a select group of characters that were given names in homecoming go on your average high school field trip slash complete tour of europe peter tries to use the trip as a way to take a break from being spider-man But that's not how movies work, as Nick Fury recruits Spider-Man, along with a new hero named Mysterio, to battle back multiverse villains called the Elementals, which are essentially big, scary monster versions of the Captain Planet team. Greg, I ask you this. Was the post-Endgame stuff a distraction from all these friends cruising through Europe? I, a little,
1: to me, I would say a little bit, because it kind of wasn't, incidentally. Uh, And what I mean by that is I sort of expected this movie to really chew on what it was like to lose your classmates for five years and then suddenly they appear again. But I don't think the movie felt like really doing that for the most part. It did feel like chewing on the fact that Tony Stark died. And I think Peter tries to put that out of his head for a lot of the movie and can't because it's literally like he's on the side of every building. But at least as far as the blip goes, I don't think the movie handled it consistently. I don't think it digested it. That didn't ruin it for me, but it certainly wasn't the centerpiece of it. I kind of thought... This is dumb, I guess, in retrospect. But I kind of thought it was going to be like a Leftovers style or like the beginning of Endgame where it's like, no, this happened. Let's deal with it. But I'm not even sure... How, how they presented the rules of what happened in the blip in this, and if it quite makes sense.
2: I'm not sure what franchise in the franchise, what sub-franchise I would want to handle the blip right after it. Uh huh. I don't know if I want it. No, I know for a fact I didn't want Spider-Man. Yeah. Because uh, in Spider-Man we get something that we don't get from any of the other movies, like even Ant-Man, which is like this very street-level high school story. Yeah. And they're responsible for a lot, and they have to do their due diligence because they're after Endgame. And a lot of it feels organic, but a lot of it feels forced, you know? Like, we were up next. We were up to bat next, and we had to do it.
1: And honestly, I don't have really major complaints with how they handled it. But to answer your question, it did feel like at most distraction. Because let me ask you this. Okay, so Spider-Man, Peter Parker is one of the people who blipped away, right? So everyone that you see that appears in Spider-Man's class now with Spider-Man, Obviously, they also blipped away and then came back.
2: With the exception of one Asian guy. Yeah. Who goes on the trip, who used to be small and nerdy, and is now a uh, tall, handsome super stud. Yeah. Everyone else blipped.
1: Including, like, the people who were on the morning news report, Mm -hmm. which they were very smart to bring those people back. Yes, that is the key to the Spider-Man world of this era. And the beginning of the movie with, like, the really shitty slideshow of the people who were lost.
2: Yeah, during the Marvel... uh... Logo. We hear Whitney Houston. Yeah. I will always love you. Oh, by the way, spoilers. Like tons of spoilers coming. Yeah. Up. That's, so, we
1: sent Taylor out of the room yeah. because we were going to spoil the. So shit if you out also need it. to
2: leave the room, just dive out of your car. It'll be fine. Um, it starts with Whitney Houston singing over the Marvel blip, and then we get to a uh, a tribute to the the fallen ones, but a tribute that was clearly made last night. Yeah. By high school children. Yeah. And that was wonderful.
1: It, it's a great juxtaposition because it is. Such shitty quality that it's very funny. Giddy but,
2: images, prints, like, all over the pictures.
1: But it's also a reminder, like, I feel like people walked out of Endgame and they were like, the, the body count, all in all, the body count was not so super high. Dude, a lot of people fucking died for good in that movie. And this little clip show reminds you of that. Because, And also because the world thinks they lost Captain America To death. Right. They don't know. Like, they pretty much confirmed that in this movie, that the the people's idea of what happened is that Captain America just died.
2: Which is a weird double reminder, because we were reminded of Iron Man and Vision. But then also, like, oh, the world thinks something different about Captain America than we do. Yeah.
1: Um, But I feel like the movie didn't want to deal with the blip, and so it didn't. And I, I don't have the complaint. I wanted... I like the spider-man story of i don't want to be spider-man because it kind of fucking sucks and sometimes i'll choose not to be spider-man so that i can go on a date or something i will very interesting
2: i will put that costume in the trash can twice a week yeah just walk away from it because it's hard to be spider-man
1: because he's trying to just and this is what always works about spider-man he's just trying to be a kid and it by not focusing on the blip i think this movie got to focus on that and as a part of that we get uh, Peter Parker and MJ. This is an important relationship in comics. One of the most important relationships. MJ's always been a certain way. The big surprise of Homecoming was that she's a different way. She was good in that movie. She's fucking amazing in this movie. I love this MJ. It's like, I feel like they really did update that character. So now she's not just a curvaceous redhead who exists to look sexy to Peter Parker, She's her own ironic, sarcastic, detached. Also, not cool.
2: Uh huh. Like dorky, awkward, very like, nervous. She ruins more situations yeah. than Peter does. And the Peter of old was like all guys of old in that. Oh, I just want the like the curvy model. Yeah, like that's who I'm in love with. Yeah, and now like this is a girl that was specifically like they belong together.
1: Yeah, but
2: they also uh, avoided that like Zendaya. Uh, at the top of the stairs in full makeup comes yeah. out and looks like the real Zendaya. Like she always looks and acts like this new version of MJ. She, th-
1: they can really like, you can make her up to look a number of different ways that actress Zendaya. Uh, and they definitely do a, a very naturalistic, like she looks like a young kid. I can, I could see in a couple of movies, they'll move maybe more towards. She could still become a model. For yeah. Sure. The thing that they resisted doing in this movie, and I don't know how long we'll be able to resist is, I don't see this character ever calling him Tiger. Tiger. And I don't feel like I can ever imagine her saying the most, for me, what is like the most important line in comics, which is face the tiger. You've hit the jackpot, right? That door, that Avenue is closed to them, right? They changed her away from ever doing that.
2: Them together and Peter and Ned together and Ned and Betty together. And just the whole, like MCU sort of has this like brand of comedy and, while watching this, I thought that this was a lot of a swing and a miss. And then the more I thought about it, I thought that this was the Spider-Man version of that. It was uh-huh. just a nerdier, more awkward version. Was this as funny as you thought it should have been slash tried to be?
1: Okay. I have to say, I was trying to I was trying to read the tea leaves before the movie came out, and the things I was hearing were that this was a shaky movie. It's gotten an uneven reception. I have seen some people say that this is like one of the best MCU movies. I've ha- heard other people saying this is the worst Spider-Man movie they've ever seen. That's, I mean... That's crazy That's to ridiculous. Me. I- I'll tell you this. Spider-Man Homecoming was amazing. Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse is one of the best movies ever made and is one of the funniest movies of all time. This movie is funny but not in the league of either one of those other movies. And you can't hate it because it's not as good as those two,
2: which were both right. phenomenal. But Impossible to hate is a good way to put it. It's
1: But it's a step back. One thing for me is um, that, that a lot of the humor is a swing and a miss. In addition to that, what did you feel about Jake Gyllenhaal? Everyone you've said so far, I think, delivered a powerful, good performance. But I'm not... Sure about Jake Gyllenhaal And I'm not sure. I'm not saying he did a terrible job. Right. But I'll give you one specific scene. There's a scene where he reveals some the only interesting thing I think about Mysterio, which is that he's not a Hollywood special effects guy. He's a tech bro. I liked that. I liked the fact that he was working for Tony Stark, but it was like a rogue from that.
2: And he is he considers himself as capable. Yeah, they went away with all the old school movie Hollywood CGI effects. guy. Uh, he was working with Tony Stark and believes himself to be as smart as Tony Stark and then created this thing that was amazing and probably made Tony Stark a bunch of money or Tony Stark just canceled it. But also the most important thing, gave it the acronym of, was it BARF or FART? (laughs) Something, yeah. I think it's BARF. And the way that he delivers that line is sort of how I believe about this performance. He he says, he called it BARF, B-A-R-F. And he is so upset about it And I thought he actually wrote a perfect line of not becoming Doctor Doom or, Uh. uh, you know, like Doctor Octopus, any of the Doctor villains. Um, I thought that he had it seemed like that he was a uh, studier of MCU tone. Yeah and was just that the old time the whole time from the beginning. I'm I'm like your best friend superhero to the end, sort of craziness. I thought it was all perfectly in scale. I thought he was the best part.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, here's what really lost me and I, I don't think I was ever able to recover from it. The scene where they get Edith, so they get this... Tony Stark has, like, developed these glasses to give to Peter Parker. And they're almost
2: like god glasses. Like yeah. Like, you can sort of do whatever the fuck you want. There's this
1: huge militarized satellite in space, and these glasses control that. They search the internet very effectively. They they do... They're like a... They they said they're, like, multi-billion dollar sunglasses. And Peter Parker doesn't want that, so he gives the sunglasses to Mysterio. In that scene where it's revealed, like, okay, this is what's going on with Mysterio, he jumps up on the, on the bar and gives... A very, like, tech bro... Beto. Yeah. And I have... Yeah, he does the whole Beto thing. Jumps right up on the thing. That was a big... I thought a big swing and a miss for me. The rest of the time, I thought he was okay. I really like... One thing I liked a lot about Mysterio was I liked him walking around in the motion capture suit with the stupid fishbowl head Uh on. I feel like that was, like, making fun of all of these movies in a way that I really liked. Yes. A bad guy that actually is wearing a motion capture suit for the entire movie, I thought it was like a very effective gag.
2: And being very nervous about the fact that there's no Iron Man anymore. What are we going to do? I should probably do it. Like, it, there was a lot of meta going on with yeah. Mysterio. But I also really appreciated Jake Gyllenhaal. It felt like that he was doing an impression of a bunch of directors that think that they're good at their job, but aren't. Yeah. Uh, without pushing it into like full on parody. I thought yeah. that he held back just enough. He thought that, like, he was a scientist by way of artist, or artist by way of scientist, and just had that mentality, but never went into, like, a, oh, aren't we all just doing a scary movie parody thing? Uh-huh. And that line, I think, is very hard to walk, and I thought he did it the entire time.
1: I also liked uh, his backstory for Mysterio is so stupid and terrible, and I thought they really nailed that. He's like, oh, they're trying to steal power from the center of the earth <laughs> to, to power up. <laughs> and everyone these- bought it. Yeah, and they're all just like, okay, yeah, dumb shit like that happens all the time. Doors I- open up the space.
2: So we're almost out of time. So speaking of what you just said, we got to get to – these are two of the probably top five most important post-credit scenes of all time. And so the movie was good. We both liked it, right?
1: Yeah, definitely go see it. I, I, I like. I super enjoyed it. I do not think it's the worst Spider-Man no. movie. I think it is. It's it's hard when you say it to rank it against Spider-Man movies because a lot of them have been fantastic, really good. Yeah, it's not as good as the last two that came out. It's not as good as Spider-Man Two, but it's better than. But to
2: say it belongs in the same place as like Spider-Man Three or The Amazing Spider-Man Two it's is just ridiculous. ridiculous. You're yeah. being a moron. Yeah,
1: you're just you're so you're so like won over by the success of these of this brand that you're letting yourself be blinded.
2: I bet the people who say this is the worst Spider-Man movie are a lot of the people who are demanding the Snyder cut of Justice League.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
2: So now, okay, movie review over. Let's get to the post-credit things. Uh, The first one, uh, I was thinking a lot of the time, like, this is good, this is fine, but part of the reason that I love Spider-Man is because it is so grounded and about him and his friends and about Uh his shitty, shitty, shitty life. And then we get the first post-credit scene and j jonah jameson played by jk simmons man
1: i erupted <laughs> yeah, i I, screamed. I seriously yelled out i remember playing the game playing the ps4 game and hearing that guy's voice where he's doing obviously the same thing it's not the same guy but he's doing like a, a, an imitation of the character from those movies i was like man they just have to recast this guy for the movies and when it they, sucks
2: but it has to happen
1: when they did dude i fucking yelled out and i was so excited my wife was like, look, oh, that's cool. But I was like, I can't believe it. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> Greg, just sit down. Yeah. Just button, please try blow to blow into this paper. Bag. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, now J- JJj is a, uh, like Alex Jones type yes. person. Yes. Uh, which does make sense if we're updating the thing, but what we're not updating is JK Simmons. And what do you feel about the whole, like, we're not going to do better than that casting. Let's just go back to the well.
1: Uh, he did it so perfectly. I mean, there's becoming a character and then there's just absolutely absorbing a character. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson did it as Nick Fury, like he didn't even do it, it like happened for him. Uh-huh. But uh Thanks Ben Yeah, J.K. Simmons just he became the character in such a way that like I couldn't imagine seeing anyone else do it. And it feels like they couldn't either, so they're just like this, this is the guy you love and now you got it.
2: And it, it's like that guy who uh is traded from your favorite baseball team. You know, he he played Jim Gordon for like a movie. Uh-huh. But now he's back home. This yeah. feels right. <laughs> uh and then and I love how now these feel like Spider-Man level problems. Like uh, Mysterio at the very end of the movie reveals who Peter Parker is or who Spider-Man is. And that's the kind of shit I want to deal with. I don't want him to go to space. Yeah. I don't want him to even go to Europe. I want him to just like, his life is should be shitty all of the time. Well,
1: this, I think for this universe, this will be the movie where that happens and that'll be it. And I think the animated movies will deal with what now has become like a staple of Spider-Man, which is multi-dimensionality. which this movie makes, kind of hints at and makes fun of, they bring up like the multiverse. I don't know if Marvel is really going to, the Marvel movies, the MCU is going to go there. I think the Sony animated movies obviously already have, and are going to continue to lean on that, but to bring it up is kind of a funny joke. But I think from now on, it will be him just swinging around Manhattan, them building up the rest of whatever they're going to use as the sinister six, Mm -hmm. because they've already hinted at a a few of them now. Um, And that's when it really works. Are you excited to see the ones about, like, we all know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man?
2: I don't like that plot line, but I like him having to deal with that. Yeah. While he also has to deal with Aunt May's coughing in a weird way where there's blood on her napkin, and then also there's, like, uh, robbery over here. Yeah. Like, I want to keep it in New York. MJ is smoking cigarettes. What the fuck, MJ? Do you
1: remember that from the
2: 90s? You don't have to do that to be cool. That
1: was a major subplot. They were, like, falling apart because she smoked cigarettes.
2: <laughs> The other post credit sequence, and I don't know if this is way less important because that first one was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Or way, 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 way more important. Uh, throughout the movie, Samuel Jackson is acting weird. Yeah. He is delivering lines in an odd way. Yeah. And you just sort of like, you sort of like look over it because he's an older actor. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. And he just doesn't remember, like, how does Nick Fury act? And then in the final credit sequence, it is all explained. Samuel L. Jackson, quote unquote, was not in this movie. Yeah. He was a scroll the entire time.
1: The scroll from Captain Marvel. Yeah,
2: specifically that married couple with a kid yeah. from Captain Marvel. Uh, what's his name? My brother Danny. Yeah. He was he was in this movie. <laughs> um, and Samuel L. Jackson was just vacationing in space. So I have two questions. One, what is Nick Fury doing in space? Uh-huh. Does that lay out phase four? And then two. Are are they tricking us into thinking that scrolls are fine on Earth just so they can fuck us and do secret invasion very, very soon?
1: I think it's a lot more the second one. I think this was Samuel L. Jackson being put out to pasture. I think when they said like we need your help, come back and he like just leaves and is like, nah, I'm not gonna help. I think that was him piecing out for good and he's now a rap with, with this phase. I think the only way they could do scrolls where you could trick the audience is the way they've done it now, where they've made them seem good. They're good. The two of them are good, at least. Or the ones you've run into are good so far. And then if they were now, a whole element of them were supposed to come and they were evil, you could still maybe rope-a-dope the audience into thinking that because of what you've done in Captain Marvel and here. And I think that that's a lot more likely for what they're doing. How long... My question is, is it clear to you how long Nick Fury has been replaced? Because, like, obviously the guy at the end of Endgame who doesn't say anything but just stands there is probably the scroll as well, right? Like, when did he get swapped, I find myself wondering.
2: And what was the pitch? Like, was Samuel L. Jackson just like, hey, you know what would be really cool for you? It would be awful for me. But for you, like, what if you just look like me and then you got to run all of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. And I'll be sad and I'll be in space just relaxing all of the time. But, like, without the training, those scrolls are probably not going to do that great of a job.
1: They – in, the, in uh, Captain Marvel, they make the case that they're kind of just normal-ass folks. Mm-hmm. Like, they can do the thing where they look like somebody else, but they're not, like, super soldiers or anything.
2: It's like giving a teacher a gun. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't mean that they're now good at gunning.
1: <laughs> but they probably will twirl it a lot. But, yeah, go see the movie. Uh, this really did feel like it earned the title of, like, the actual last movie of this phase. And I felt like it made the next phase seem kind of wide open. I mean, I, I know it's going to be centered around, in part... Spider-Man and Peter Parker, but it feels like a lot is up for grabs here as to like, what's going to happen next.
2: And speaking of earning, uh, between end game and this, we were talking about how this, this summer is a waste and movies in general are a waste. Like no one will go anymore because every movie has failed between end game and this. And then this movie came out and made all of the money. Yeah, it is. And this is, it's not going to make more than end game, but on its pre-opening night and opening day, it made more than end game. Yeah. So like, I think that we're actually learning that you just have to be from the Marvel Universe. Otherwise, uh-huh. you're just not going to make any money. Once they get Spider-Man into the secret life of Pets 3, then that movie <laughs> will do okay. But yes, uh, so mid-ground MCU. Definitely yeah. not bad, but we're putting it in the middle.
1: I-, I think I would put it, yeah, slightly ab- above the middle. But a lot of it, it doesn't quite connect in that way that you would think of like the top five movies connecting. And when we come back... Taylor, do you think? Taylor's going to come back and he's going to lead us into the pastures of comic book entertainment where we sip upon the dew of wonderful comic book properties and trailing off slowly.
0: On this week's Fear the Walking Dead, Althea is captured by a stranger who can fly helicopters, kill zombies real good, and give powerful longing glances. The stranger and Althea show that they are both stubborn and courageous, saving each other repeatedly, though they are at odds. Althea will do anything to preserve her story about the radioactive zombies, but the stranger is tasked with destroying all evidence and even killing Althea, who I just met but could not bear to see killed. Eventually... The two agree to destroy the tape to help preserve whatever nebulous future the helicopter pilot's society holds. But Althea is allowed to escape. Gentlemen, I ask you this. How did Fear of the Walking Dead handle an episode that focused solely on the adventures of two characters? You
1: guys, I was blown away by this episode. I really
2: like this episode.
1: Can I admit this to you guys right now? I was bowled over by this episode. Okay, first of all, I love these two women. They did such a good job of, like, being, like, you know right away that they are at odds with each other, but feeling big energy from each other right away, and then the course of the episode, watching them fall in love and fight to... If I
2: fall, you fall, Greg.
1: Yeah. Dude, I fell hard. I I don't know if I ever want to watch this show again. I'm not... Because I I can't fall into that trap anymore. You're not going to sign any contracts. I'm not going to sign any contracts, but if this were a movie just about, like, without any extra explanation given for who either of these women are or the societies that they represent. This was like a little mini movie that I was engaged in the entire time, like every aspect of it.
2: Halfway through, I started I started picking up on the themes, right? Like, all right, yeah. episode, I get it. And then they uh, go to sleep in a sky tent. They put a tent in the air, and then they started talking about these themes. And I was like, God damn it, Walking Dead, you've done it again in a bad way. <laughs> but... Looking at the episode as a whole, I realized something that is, like, here is how relationships work. When one is this way, the other is this way. So, like, when one got powerful, the other was like, okay. When one got, like, sensitive, the other was there. When, like, there was a perfect balance. When one got paranoid, the other was, like, secure. When one got, like, scared, the other person was, like, strong. I could not believe what they did in this hour.
0: I am fucking shocked to hear the two of you say these things is that true Uh, this was i i've only watched three episodes of fear the walking dead a season this was my least favorite
1: oh wow really
0: yeah i I felt like this what did you
1: find was wanting about it
0: well a the isabel her like beautiful do you guys see now what i mean when i say that this show is like the riverdale to the walking dead's like regular like everyone on this show is like Super beautiful. Oh yeah,
2: but they're uh, pretty. It's a little bit queer. uh, Althea is played by Maggie Grace. Yeah, who was the like Boone's sister on Lost? Like this blonde.
1: Oh wow. Yeah, and who is
2: now like back then she was a like superstar, like Lindsay Lohan acolyte. Yeah, and now she is a like down and dirty. Like I'm in a zombie world, and like you cannot tell that th- those two people are the same. No. I want
1: that woman to hit me with her car, and if I'm still moving, I want her to back up over me again.
0: But Isabel, I do not
2: think was a great actress. I disagree. Well, like, I think she was wonderful.
0: Did you
1: see her fly that helicopter? Uh, okay, yes. I saw her fly the helicopter. <laughs> and and you the know what flying I I the
2: helicopter was great. It's eye twitches. Like, when she's thinking, like, this one eye yeah. will just, like, twitch a little bit.
1: Well, because she... Wa- obviously, she is softy, but... She's realized to survive, she has to be toughy, but she's really bad at it tough inside she's just ooey and gooey.
2: Yeah, the toughy is fake. The real person is, um, I know what my true north is and I will never compromise it, but will I? And that was the whole episode is both of them learning how to compromise their true north. And maybe it was just for sex and love, but really it was like, here's how we have to get along with people is that uh, one – only cares about the job that she works for. The other one only cares about the story. We heard the words fucking story so many times in this episode. Yeah. See, here's, and then for them to come to the conclusion that they did at the end, like I thought that was actually good build-up. I mean, I, I
0: liked most of this episode. The... the I'll say about this episode, like I say about most of the Walking Dead universe.
2: Oh, man. Is there a third show called Most of the Walking Dead? Oh, most fuck. of the Walking
0: Dead. But it's it's not... These are not bad shows. But the worst part about them is that they're just middle of the road. Like, they're never yeah. exceptional. And I felt that very strongly about this episode. Where, like, every time they addressed the themes, it was... Like, her character was just like, Well, you have your story, and you're already living in the past. But me... I've got the future. Okay. it's next bus.
2: And she delivered it a little bit better than that. Right. And that's what I'm saying is that, and that's why we uh, grasped onto Morgan because Morgan right. had that one episode of The Walking Dead where he like he just got to like beat by himself is that it depends on the performances. And yes. they get so many C-level, sort of talented performers. And I think these two saw the script. They were like, all right, okay, we're on a zombie show. This is the script that we get. And then really acted the shit out of it.
0: See, I, that... I guess that's surprised. I thought that the episode like a few weeks ago where they had like a an old West showdown uh-huh. and like Dwight was there. I thought that that was it was a similar thing where they like sectioned it off and like they only are addressing a few of the people this episode. but I thought that was a much better version of this like I liked the overall story of this episode and I felt like their chemistry was actually very good.
1: Oh yeah I mean it was like jumping off the screen and that yeah. was the make or break like aspect of this episode. If you didn't believe from the moment they look at each other that there's a real legitimate connection there, you won't give a shit about anything else that happened. And I thought that that's what they sold very effectively. It was like from the second these women look at each other.
2: And the thing too is that like, no, this is a new world rules are rules, but no, like even in this world, in any world rules are rules, unless you have full on empathy and maybe a little of romanticism with another person. Yeah. And then rule fuck rules. Who gives a shit about rules? It's the post apocalypse. No one gives a shit about rules. And
1: I have to say, as a litmus test for Althea as a legit badass, it we get so much of the a person is a badass if they do a lot of shooting and killing, which is like Isabel, she's yeah, you know, great at killing zombies. She can fly that helicopter. She must be a badass, and she seems to be. Althea is the like you can't make me give in that doesn't mean that I will kill you or that I will beat you in a fight yeah but you absolutely cannot make me do what you want no matter what and I really like that and she
2: steps up and says that a bunch of times which is whatever like roll your eyes like oh okay she's saying it but there's a point where when Isabelle is in charge and Althea is the prisoner uh, a zombie pops out of the ground and bites onto her jacket and I don't like the striped jacket those things I don't like the look of the striped jacket yeah it's like yeah, giant it's, big corduroy. Yeah. It, yeah, it's weird. I don't like it. But uh they jump out and they bite Althea onto the jacket and she refuses to scream out loud, which yeah. means it's not posturing. <laughs> like this is a to-the-death belief that Althea has.
0: And this episode did make me like Althea a lot more. Like, yeah. like it really it humanized her a lot without having to change drastically her relationship with the rest of the main crew. So I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I, I just, I expected to walk into this and you guys rag on this show to know in like you do every time we watch The Walking Dead. And this is a pleasant surprise for me. You no,
1: know, you know, a lot of times when you watch an episode of The Walking Dead, you get like A through E plots. Yeah. And on some of them, you're like, I, I don't even remember these people and I don't know what's going on. The like bravery of sticking with just these two characters for the I, yeah. entire show, that really helped, in my opinion. I think
2: the clear problem is that they have yeah. no idea how to do an ensemble. Like, this is not The Wire. This is not right. Black Lightning. They have no idea what they're doing. And so when they focus on two people, that means that, like, that stays interesting. And then I thought all of the zombie shit was interesting. Like yeah. I thought when she dragged a zombie that was attached to barbed wire. That
0: was incredible.
2: And then the the climbing up the rock thing, she has to get a like she has to get the tools from a zombie that is rock climbing. Uh that was tense as shit, dude. Yeah. That was insane. That's I think that this show
0: has finally sort of in uh, season 5 of this show has finally figured out like okay, we can Just, like, not uh, do all of the plot lines in every episode. Like, some, like every two episodes, this character will even... Like, I haven't seen Althea all season from the episodes I've watched. Cool. So that way we get this. Yeah. And I think that they finally figured out that they can't do
2: ensembles. And then at the end, the rest of the ensemble runs in. They're like, that was weird, right? And Althea was like, no, it wasn't weird. This is how it should work. Yeah. And then she just joins up with the rest of the group.
0: Yeah, and and then they also bring in like a whole shit ton of new people. She's like, new people? She's like, yeah, we'll explain later, which I assume is either an episode that I missed or another episode that's coming later. But
1: I, either way... Love- I am so interested in who these helicopter people are. But the I The reclamation team?
2: Yeah, I, I have
1: a very strong feeling that it couldn't be as interesting as just the hints that you get about them and not right. knowing the full picture how interesting that
2: feels the traje- oh it's good to watch this and then never watch yeah. again
0: the trajectory that this show is going i have a feeling that it's going to be the same helicopter people who took rick from the walking dead because they are just slowly combining the shows like they're uh, putting more and more
2: stuff from the walking dead into fear the walking dead and that helicopter team took rick from the show and took him into like occasional movies yes that they're taking they him
0: to a trilogy of movies <laughs> if i remember the deal correctly uh, so I think that that's the same because now we have Morgan came onto the show
1: and now we have Dwight's on the show. Yeah. So I think that I definitely got the feeling that that group is fash though. Oh yeah, right because she's like so afraid of like going against what they want. Oh for sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like not a good situation for them.
2: It's to me for these episodes, it's always the campfire, right? Yes. Like I've heard a lot about these campfire sessions where uh, characters just have to be around a campfire, and this one was perfect. Because there's so much going on. We get to chill. We know for a fact right away. Once they light the campfire, no zombies are attacking. So cool. We know what to pay attention to. And then Isabel goes back to... She knows where beer is. She grabs one. There's so many beers. She grabs one. She could grab two. But so they can share. Yeah. Yeah. And then she comes back, and then they share. And that they don't trample over the themes of the show. They don't trample over how their character arcs are going. They just build and relax. And that is not what I'm used to in this franchise. Maybe my standards for The Walking Dead have been fucked up. Well, you want like, hey, welcome to zombie baseball. Here's Winona Earp playing against the Legends of Tomorrow.
0: Well, no, I I appreciate the, the more serious episodes, but I just felt like they were...
1: You don't like when a character stands up and says, like, here's my whole deal. Yeah. Or and then the other one goes, like, here's me responding to that. Right. A girl
2: kissed a girl. And that's what Taylor's not into. Like, that's, Taylor hates that that's, shit.
0: That's very, I, I, don't want, I don't want to get weird, but that's very not my problem with this episode. This
1: episode's longing factor,
0: through the roof. This episode's favorite R.E.M. song is Starmie Kitten. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not Night Swimming? No. The, I thought that I, was everyone's favorite R.E.M song. That
0: well yeah, yeah that's everyone's favorite R.E.M song. That's it's Not the best R.E.M episode. song. Yeah, it's the song that I cry to in Starbucks. But yeah, this I felt like their their chemistry was great and I think I will be I I might right be I might be upset if she, if Isabelle never comes back, but I might also be fine if we just leave it at this was a thing that Althea had. If
1: I time. were the DM of this show, uh-huh. Isabella would go back, get caught, and be killed, and Althea would have to know that that was a result of like what happened. That's just a, that's a, that's a ripple of what happened from what they did. Just just to know, just throwing that out yeah, there.
0: Yeah. Well, if you're listening for the Walking
2: Dead writers, <laughs> that, that one's free right from Greg. I just couldn't believe how they how clearly they set up these two characters, true Norths, and then by the end they were like, "Yeah, I'll break it," and we were like, "Yeah, you should," because you know you're Al and Isabella, you guys. They together. sold it, didn't they though? Yeah. Like,
1: Althea, when she like, actually like broke the tape that she had, I was like, but that's her whole thing. She would never do that. Or and they sold me in the course of one episode on that.
2: When Al handed Isabel the tape and was like, oh, you can check it if you want. Isabel was like, no. Like interrupted her. Yeah. Like, no, I don't need to. <sighs> Okay, so there was a lot of good in this episode. This is you, great. I thought it was great. You
0: guys have actually made my opinion come around on it. I was like, yeah, actually, I enjoyed this more than I thought I did.
2: <laughs> what was better, uh, barbed wire fight or get the knife from the rock zombie fight?
0: I think get the knife from the rock zombie. I was like I rock was zombie <laughs> because
1: that I liked that because that was another instance of Althea. Is a badass, and there's you don't have to impose your violence on other people to be a badass. She is fearless and she was willing to go right up against that zombie, but that doesn't mean that she has to be like always Sylvester Stallone out. And again, time.
2: where like there always has to be balance in relationships, like clearly Isabel was the better rock climber, and then Isabel like hits a bad step and falls all the way down and looks like breaks her bra- back, like she is broken. And then immediately, you're like, well, then I have to do this. And Maggie Grace takes over. I really like that aspect about it. They were changing roles the entire time. All right. Well, it was a good episode. I have one more question. Yes. When they have the beers, it cuts to them about to kiss, and we see the night sky, and there's a shooting star. What happens on TV if you see the night sky and there's not a shooting star? Like, will that be okay? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that's against, like, the FCC r- regulations. So everything implodes? Like, everything's bad? I, I think you get fined, like,
0: a million dollars. Is that like, a job can't that we do can that. do,
2: like, where we can just add shooting stars to TV scenes? Because they all need them. What if we just did that? I I mean, I already do that. Is that... Can you get
0: paid oh, for yeah. that? You no, know? I need
2: a third of what you're making.
0: Uh, well, then you... Commish. Well, then, you know, what's a third of zero? <laughs> all right, well, that's Fear the Walking Dead. Are you guys going to watch
1: more of this show? No. No. Yeah. Oh, I liked it so much, and I was like, my favorite thing about this is I'm enjoying this episode, and I never have to see another one, maybe.
0: All right. Well, I'll probably I'll probably keep checking in. I was the one, was who, so good, though. I was one who liked this episode the least, and when I'm going to
1: keep walking it. When you see an episode of Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead that's really good, you just have to be like, that's awesome that I lucked out yeah. this way, but you cannot believe that you're going to get to see another good one for like at least five to ten episodes.
0: I can because I'm a stupid idiot. Fear the Walking Dead is on AMC on Sunday nights. Now we're going to move on to the rest of the shows that we watch this week. Now we're here in the pull list. This is a part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watch this week that isn't Fear the Walking Dead. Kicking it off is Krypton. This week on Krypton, Seg returns to Kandor, Boinks one out with Lyda, almost gets brainwashed but brainiac in his head protects him and also everyone is figuring out zod played them now Krypton am I right
1: <laughs> totally
0: Krypton's on sci-fi
2: your next show this week is agents of shield on this week's episode of agents of shield Fitzsimmons finds a hot space pirate to get them back down to earth and it will probably be smooth sailing when I say that you guys know that it probably, probably won't be, will not yeah, be smooth sailing is what, it's what it's I'm thinking, Ryan. Running. Meanwhile, the S.H.I.E.L.D. team captures Evil Coulson and the gang, but eventually have to free him so he can help them with the Shrike deaths. Taste Buds, I ask you this. The show is starting to lag without the entire group together. Are you guys starting to understand how important Fitz and Simmons are? Like, every week I talk about the show, and you guys are like, ah, what, am, what is he doing? You're just imagining like cartoons from the 70s. Every
1: time you say Fitz and Simmons, I think you're saying Fitzsimmons. That's just one name. But every time I remember that's not the case, and I remember that Fitz is the guy with lemons. Nope, that's
2: Deke. God, it's Uh, like, who am I even talking to right now? I'm sorry.
1: But what I think of every time is I think of Deke, and dear sweet Deke and his lemons, and that usually entertains me enough. For when we move on to the next show. Here's and the I... thing.
2: The Shushis are coming up. And one of the Shushis is best couple. And if Fitzsimmons doesn't fucking win, I swear to God, guys, I will fucking end you. I'm I'm you I will I'm... cut your throat and Here's end you. Ryan, I will take Ryan, a ski to your Ryan, face.
0: I, if I say this,
1: will you calm down? Ryan, I doubt it. Well, what's it going to be? He doesn't know. The thing uh, that I'm like about to angry. say is
0: I haven't been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But Fitz and Simmons are clearly the best there couple. There we that go. That's on all time. I'm saying. That's like everything obviously. that I'm saying. It's... I, I don't even watch the rest of the show. I just, every week I Google, are Fitz and Simmons still the best couple? Yeah. And everyone on the internet's like, yeah. And then you get to
2: come in here in this room. You get to bathe in all of the incense that I put on for you. I make you a cup of tea. And then I'm like, yo, Taylor, Fitz and Simmons still good. And then you just know. Right, yeah. and and the tea there's, is cold
0: though, and the tea is shit, and it's you iced sh- tea. What well, I don't know what iced tea is. Uh, no, I want hot tea because I moved to California for a reason. And they so, just a
1: the hot tea. They're so good because even though they've been together for a while, Fitz still puts fresh lemons on on Simmons' bed every yes, morning.
2: Yes, and Deeks are out at all times.
1: <laughs> hey, girl, I'm gonna deek you out. Oh, all right. Well, Ryan, do you have a moment of the week, girls? Fine, if somebody shield? says they're gonna deek you out, no matter what you think they're alluding to, say no. <laughs> they're yeah. playing hockey against yeah, you. It'll be fun. Let him do
2: it. Uh, this was the big special guest starring role of Anthony Michael Hall. You guys know who that is? The guy from, like, Breakfast Club? The guy from Breakfast Club. He was the nerd. Then played the bully in Edward Scissorhands. Uh-huh. And then was in the Dead Zone on USA for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. The original to- Tony Shalhoub. Uh, he is the owner of the casino. And he has a great speech. where Because people are disrespecting him, thinking that, like, oh, he's just a piece of shit. And he says, no, no, no. Uh, that I'm not a piece of shit. My grandfathers built this casino with just a handful of slaves. That's his first thing. That's
1: a rough start.
2: And then when uh, somebody says, hey, can't you be decent? And he says, well, decency doesn't put food in the mouths of all of my wives. Nice. Yeah,
0: he's a good guy. Very nice. That's such a well-written character. All right, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on ABC. Crazy, right? Your next show this week is Lucifer. This week on Lucifer, Lucy is turning full-on devil body because he hates himself. But the detective teaches him <laughs> how to start forgiving himself, which returns him to his handsome human form. Meanwhile, Dr. Linda is having the baby, and Maze is in love with Eve, who is still in love with Lucifer and brings demons back from hell to try to win him back. Taste buds, I ask you this. Have you ever brought demons back from hell for someone you wanted to win back?
2: I haven't. Should I? You should. I and
0: think
1: it's the kind of thing, if you are going to hell, you should ask everyone around you. Does anybody want some demons? It's only polite. Because, because well, I can't take detect- anything to d- hell? Do you want some demons? Is it a carry-on situation? Going to bop on down for some chips and demons. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, you don't want to make multiple
0: trips to hell to bring I do not want to do
2: that, because every time I come back up, I'm going to be like, oh, I'll just stay. And then hell will be like, you can't.
0: Yeah. You, you got to so, come back, dude. That's the rule. So uh, Eve
2: just straight up kills a guy uh-huh. and sends him to hell. Eve is trying to do what's right and trying to do what's efficient, because Eve uh knows that this guy should die but also has to send a message to hell yeah. and she's like oh you're like the mailman if i kill you you'll go straight to hell and then you'll deliver the message and the guy's like but i won't go to hell and he was like bitch you are definitely going <laughs> you're to hell going like that's me i love that he was like
0: why do you think i'm going to hell person that i just tried to strangle to death i just did an attempted
2: murder why do you think i'm going to hell you're one of god's original creations i am a evil priest wow. why would i go to hell that's ridiculous that's crazy so
0: uh lucifer's whole devil body scenario how was how that going for you
2: so lucifer has decided that he hates himself yeah. and then he's trying to get over that and the more he gets to not hating himself and be, being cool with it the more he dresses like somebody who Absolutely should hate himself. Oh, absolutely! Like, he starts wearing the the neck scarf, the
0: ne- the neck scarf. He p- puts and on gloves, the, the gloves and the the glasses. And at the end, he has the full on giant like bobblehead style devil mask. Uh-huh. Which every time he put it on his head was like this was otherwise a pretty serious episode, and that was the funniest thing I've ever seen Lucifer do.
2: It also happened in Far From Home, where. Peter Parker put on that Mardi Gras mask. Yeah, Taylor would not know about that. Yeah, that no,
1: time.
0: I I, w- I didn't get that. But no, at the there's end.
1: there's Mardi Gras in the movie. Okay.
0: Oh, so it takes place in like a um, uh, Tuesday,
2: a fat one, a, fat a, book a, a big fat Tuesday. Word. Was she a
1: great big old fat Tuesday?
2: But by the end, Lucifer is like, I dealt with everything. I thought I thought that I'd be totally fine. Like a lot of people who are trying to therapy themselves. Oh yeah. And no, he is just straight up Satan now. Yeah. He, and like, Chloe's <laughs> trying to look at him but Chloe has some issues. I,
0: I really like that she was like no, you're I this is fine. I'm fine with this and like all of her face was like I am not fine. This is not okay. Turn he back looks right so now. Handsome. Like, he, he looks like a
2: he looks like a slim
0: jim. Like but just like beefed up.
2: He looks like any food that you put in like a half broken microwave. Um <laughs> that- uh, but I think the real star of this episode even every, like we are building into the finale. And there's a lot going on.
0: You better say the person, I think.
2: Uh, okay. It say it at the
1: same time. Okay, ready? One, two, two three. Maze.
2: Maze. Of course. So Maze is in love with Eve. Yes. But that's not going to happen. And gets they... rejected yet again. Ah. Uh, thinks that she is part of uh, Amendiel and Dr. Linda's family. And But still like, you are, but not really. Yeah. And those are two terrible positions to be in. So what she does is in the middle of a bouncing club, Picks up a microphone and sings a soulful, oh slow God. acapella rendition of Wonderwall. Oh and God. she is, she, the actress and the character are she's a talented singer. This was not the right choice for her. Dude, no, that no, is was some not.
1: Marnie from girls yes, level exactly. shit. Dude. It, Never pull
2: a Marnie from girls.
1: Never. If
2: if Eve walked up to her and said, that was Marnie from Girls. It would have crushed... Like She would have gone shattered. straight back
1: to hell and never come back. Here's,
0: here's the thing about that scene is this was another scenario where my roommate was just walking through. No.
2: He was on his way out no, the does fucking... Does your roommate th- like, no. spend time in his bedroom waiting for the yeah. perfect moment to he cross like, the TV? I do so,
1: to the crack of the
2: door. He like he was about to walk out
0: the door of our apartment no. and and that happened and he stopped, shut the door and said, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and I was like, listen, I also don't know. And it went... They She did the
1: whole song oh yeah we she watched the, the whole, whole thing. song
0: it isn't like 30 seconds of it and then like
1: cut to you guys this is a fucking scene from girls marnie yes. does this in girls i swear <laughs> to god it's, it's just so a, long
2: poor salt in the wound it was intercut with eve watching saying and Maze was <laughs> thinking like oh she's in love with me and eve is clearly realizing oh i know how to get loose for back uh but like she picks up the mic and she like oh my god right away she was like two days oh and like oh, right man. away you just like you are kicked in the gut
0: oh my god it's like do you think that song was her choice or the writer's choice
2: and Maze is the toughest most badass person in on tv and yet still picked oasis's wonderwall oh.
0: so anyway here's wonderwall well do you have
2: a moment of the week ryan my moment of the week is as crushing of an episode as this was for Maze. Uh, Dan is also spiraling. Oh, man. And Dan basically picks up Ella, who he made out with a couple episodes ago, and uh, says, like, please get me in trouble. No one knows what a douchebag I am more than I do, and it is destroying me. And Ella's like, no, I'm just going to cover for you, and then walks away. And now Dan is just like, Dan's dead, I think, in the next episode. I think so. Dan dies.
0: Yeah, because that destroys Dan. Like, what the fuck? Uh, my Monday Week is the three entire minutes where Mae sang Wonderwall, <laughs> A Ballad of Wonderwall by Oasis. That was crazy. Lucifer is on Netflix, and its final episode we're watching next week. Spoiler alert. Your next show this week is Jessica Jones. On
2: the third episode of Jessica Jones, Jessica loses her first case, the case of having a spleen, because now she doesn't have one. This makes it hard to be a superhero or drink a fifth of bourbon a day. Meanwhile, Trish is able to solve the Brant case. And Hogarth is able to solve the case of her ex-girlfriend not wanting to cheat on her husband with her. Taste Buds, ask you this. How many times have we actually dealt with an actual superhero injury?
1: So she loses her spleen?
2: And then is, like, can barely move and sort of still can sort of fight crime.
1: I love, that's the most interesting thing. For an I entire have, episode. Yeah. Wow.
2: That's,
0: I think Daredevil has sort of done that. Every now and then,
2: but Daredevil is a normal guy with heightened sentences. Heightened uh, senses, I mean, yeah, that's fair. And sentences. He's that's a good some, writer, dude. Got some great sentences. But yeah. Jessica Jones has like body powers. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's true. You make a you make
1: a good point with her See, body powers. You take
2: a spleen out, they're not there anymore. That
1: seems like a very simple, extremely profound story to tell, and Marvel in the TV shows seems to like whiff on those most of the time. Do they deliver in this episode? Oh,
2: yeah, because she can still, if she, like, gets all of her energy up, she can still sort of, like, throw a guy across the room, but then she can't help but, like, limp from point A to point B. Like, she's about to pass out at all times. Wow. And the reason they're doing it is so, like, Trish becomes important. Like, they do actually need each other. Hellcat? Yeah, Hellcat. Jessica Jones was one spleen away from needing <laughs> Hellcat.
0: That Well, I mean, that's Hellcat's motto. So. Is this
1: going to... Do you get the feeling it's going to be permanent, or... Already by next episode, is she going to be like, up, well, I'm
2: better from that spleen thing? I don't know. I mean, TV writers get bored quickly. yeah. And also superheroes have great healing powers. So that's a good question. I'm not sure. With great healing powers.
1: So <laughs> great healing responsibilities. Also, but- <laughs> when
2: you do people with healing powers or body powers, like Jessica Jones, aren't they heavier? Do you think that the, like that would make... Like they lift her yeah. from a bed or like from the cot to the bed? I have to be, Would right? that make them 600
1: pounds? I think... Shows would be more interesting if they really dealt with the reality of that. Like, if you are a superhero, it's because you are you have super dense muscle. So you... Yeah, like a small, frail-looking woman like her should... It would wave. take 30 people. Exactly. Yeah. And that's... I always feel like when they're punching around normal people, the shockwaves from the punches should be, like, really fuck-up normal folks. Or if you
2: accidentally, like, elbow someone while you're punching, that person you yeah. elbow is dead. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I think those are really challenging things to tell stories around, but... Of all places, I remember the X-Men cartoon when I was a kid. They had an episode where the Juggernaut first becomes Juggernaut, and just he doesn't have the control to do anything, so he rips the fridge door off, and he, like, accidentally, like, knocks his car over. Those are interesting stories that I think that, honestly, these Marvel shows could have dealt with, and the spleen thing feels a little bit like doing it, but not quite all the way.
2: Yeah, I think it's doing a good job, and I hope they keep it going, because now Jessica Jones always wants people to think that she's a great detective, and the superhero thing is a background thing but she gets all the credit because she's a superhero. Yeah. If you take that away, I think we have an interesting show.
0: So you think she's sort of like in bespleen arcs right now?
1: That's Could you, you imagine fucking, if like, one of us you fucking kidding said Are right now? Come on, man. That's a You You, would you storm son of out a of here. bitch. Oh, you're so beautiful, but you do things like that and it just frustrates me so much.
2: That made me very happy. Ryan, do you have a moment of the week? My moment of the week is that uh Hogarth last episode ran into her old girlfriend Man, I, I don't want to Ho- say the l word I'm i say, love i love hogarth so much oh uh and hogarth uh full court press and gets her back and they have sex ah i love it and she hogarth is in like her has her victory face and this is why i love like hiring veteran actors for these shows like carrie ann moss is on this show uh and then the ex-lover reveals like oh no it's an open marriage we have an open relationship and she realizes that she did not Break something up She didn't like Victory anything And And her face is like Well then I didn't want The sex then Like I don't give a shit Oh man Her face in that moment Was amazing That is Such a bummer
0: Uh, Jessica Jones is on Netflix All the time We're watching it Week by week Watch it with us Or don't Whatever It's your life Live it Hey stickball player Yeah Swamp Thing! You make my heart sing. You make my heart sing! This week on Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing meets a stranger known as the Phantom Stranger, (laughs) who, who tells him that the ghosts that he saw earlier were in fact events witnessed by trees in the past.
2: Susie gets possessed-
1: That's so dope! I'm sorry to interrupt. That's this is the, coolest the first Swamp Thing episode right. I didn't watch. That's, that's the
2: coolest fucking thing I've fuck heard in my we entire watch this. life. The Phantom Stranger is everyone that your parents taught you about would molest you. Like <laughs> yeah. That's the name of him.
0: Susie gets possessed by a ghost and tries to drown like a bunch of people. And Avery's <laughs> trying to capture Swamp Thing alive.
1: Fuck it. Why didn't we watch this episode of Swamp Thing, you guys? I personally am too afraid. But it did- Yeah, Greg, don't watch Swamp yeah, Thing. Yeah, I'm not going to watch this show. But it's the kind of thing that I'm always going to kind of like glance at with longing because everything you said is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my it's life. It's like there's a bunch of ghosts that the trees saw. But there's not There's not one set. One set of ghosts are not real ghosts. Yes. But then there is a real other ghost. There is a real ghost
0: that is possessing people and drowning people. Come on,
1: ghosts. <laughs> Swamp thing. You make my heart sing. Oh,
0: Swamp Thing's on DC Universe. Check it out, you guys. It, there's only going to be one season, so watch it
1: while... This is the only one. Watch you don't it? think it's going to get picked up by something else?
0: No, watch it while the iron's hot, you guys. What uh, if CISO comes in and says, we'll do Swamp Thing?
2: VRV, I, we'll do it yeah, right now.
1: I swear to God,
0: if, if if CISO comes back and only picks up Swamp Thing, I will suck my own dick live on air.
2: But is it three cameras that come? Yeah. <laughs> <of laughs> Swamp Thing. <laughs>
1: Oh, your next and final show this week is Legion. This week on Legion, David wants to use the, po- the new powers of his new friend Switch to undo the fact that he basically drugged and raped his girlfriend, which it's good to remind the audience he did because it makes him pretty close to irredeemable. Sid points this out to him when they meet and have a conversation, but David's true greatest mental power is lying to himself and making himself out to be the victim. So instead of taking stock in what he's done, his plan is to go back in time and keep himself from ever being possessed by the Shadow King. And to do this, he captures boy Carrie and uses him to pump up Switch's power. Gentlemen, I ask you this. This show has clearly decided to deal with the fact that its one-time hero sexually assaulted his girlfriend. But does the show have the right tone and mood to really tackle this issue? Fucking good question. And here we go.
2: because uh, they could have just been like,
1: we're this season, we're ignoring this.
2: This felt like a bridge episode, right? Like, first episode, a bunch of stuff happened. Third episode, probably a bunch. Second episode, it's just this. And really all we got plot-wise was that Carrie is now on the ground level yeah. and convinced to help. And then there's David. And I like I started thinking about how. All cult leaders try to do what David does, right? And David has those innate abilities. So, of course, he would go down that route. And then his dealing of Sid's issue. Like, I guess Sid has issues with being drugged and raped. And his dealing of it of like, okay, but like we could go back in time. Or, you know, I didn't have a choice. Or like I thought it would be okay. Like there's no remorse. Yeah, There's just like, no, I I thought it was good for me and I'm only sad because I was busted, David is actually the normal dude. Yeah. David is just only spewing out normal guy bullshit. I tried to give you points, like, from who you <laughs>
1: here. <laughs> I seriously, my arm, like, <laughs> I twitched so that I could give you a point for saying that.
2: Everything he says, and it works on a lot of characters, is just typical white male bullshit. Yeah.
1: He, I mean, that's why I said in my, in my introductory paragraph, he can do so many crazy things with his brain, but the fact that he could be standing with the person that he like, and the show makes no bones about this. The show refers to it as a sexual assault. So he can be standing with the person he did that with because he uses his brain powers to essentially drug her and make her agree to have sex with him because he wants it in the moment.
2: Throughout this episode, he's doing it to like three, four other girls. Yeah.
1: He has now a whole cult of people that, that, that he does that with. Be hungry. And to have her be like, no, dude, like, you can't undo the fact that you did this. And for him to just, like, flat effect, not hear that, and, like, basically push through it and be like, no, 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 I can. I'm just going to go back into time when we'll, I was a baby.
2: We'll go back into time where you were, like, I liked how you thought of me. Yeah. Not, like, how you weren't mm-hmm. fucking invaded. Yeah. How, like, when you had a good opinion of me.
1: And I I don't know that the show is, the like, the best place to deal with these issues, but... I do have to commend the show because if I were a writer, I would be very tempted to be like, let's leave all this stuff in season two and let's just try to like, we're going to say he's a bad guy and we're going to show him as the bad guy. I love to bring up the specter that he really did this and to have her claim it in this season is like, there's no coming back. You know, there's like, there's nothing you can't say, well, in the end he redeemed himself by sacrificing himself. no,
2: I sort of like when shows or comic books mostly paint them in a corner, paint themselves into a corner and they're like, well we can't deal with this. So like let's just like ignore it and then we will move on. And It was a scroll. It was just a scroll or an LMD and it's fine. Uh, and watching the first episode of the season of Legion where they didn't mention this, I was like, okay, I think this is what they might be doing. That's fucked up. I don't know if I'm okay with this even though what I claimed previously. And then Sid straight up says, you drugged and raped me. Yeah. And then David's response was not like surprised. It was like, yeah. Oh shit. Did you notice that? Uh, Here's what I'll do. I'll do whatever it takes to make me look better. Not what makes you feel better, but make me look better. I'm going to make you think I unraped you. Okay. Well, that's not, that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. And Sid, who I do believe was in love, right? Like at one point, Sid was in love with David, is having none of it. She's yeah. like, no, none of this shit's going to work, bro. Like, I know all of your tricks now. And so what he does is say, all right, then I will find more manipulatable people to go hang out with then.
1: And then does, like, because he knows exactly how to do that with other people. And because you can get other people to forgive you for doing that. You just can't get the person you did it to right. to forgive you for doing that. But especially if what you're trying to get is a, an older white male to be on your side, you can probably get him to forget, forgive you for doing that.
2: But I love, I hate, but I love how it goes right to negotiation. Like David's like, okay, so what are we going to do to make this right? Uh, should I give you money? Should I go back in time? Should I like, uh, trick you into thinking that it never happened? Like, not like, Oh fuck, I see what I did to you and I will never do it again. I just want you to stop being mad at me instead of, uh, dealing with the fact that I did that to you. I am very
0: bummed that I did not get a chance to watch this episode of Legion. Do you guys? J- these
2: are just comic book shows, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> these I mean, superhero shows. Depending oh. on
1: how they they deal with this, if they manage to effectively deal with this over the course of this season, it's going to be a very timely superhero show. Yeah, it, but it's just so dangerous. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're they're riding the line. Yeah, very so heavily. I'm very excited to see what what they do, but they're they're facing it head on.
2: Mark, when you, sorry, Taylor, but uh, Greg, when you're watching, are you, is there any part of you that's paying special attention to these time travel rules? Just in case, like, if you pay real good attention, you might be able to time travel? (laughs) Like, are these the actual rules to time travel? All
1: I can think about when I think of the time travel rules are the fact that there is, like, some sort of weird time demon that exists in between time. And he doesn't tell you what you're not allowed to do. But when you push it too far, the time demon will eat you. And on a show that's had, like, the uh, Shadow King and the angriest boy in the world, Time Demon so far has only been eyes, and I am very afraid of him. <laughs> so I don't want to think about time travel, Ryan.
2: I will say something, Taylor, to you that I never say to you guys on this show. Watch like next you. week and last week.
0: I, I'm going to. I, yeah. I'm i very upset that I did not get a chance I, to watch I this I feel episode. like
1: having the end point of the end of this season has been very good for this show. Yes. And yes. I also feel like it's doing less of that being confusing for being confusing's sake. It's actually been pretty clear and pretty coherent so far, and the things it's had to say have been interesting. So I hope it doesn't try to disguise what it's saying in the future. Uh, So far, they've done a good job this season not doing that.
2: All right. Well, moments of the week. Ryan? My mode of the week is weird. I'm not sure exactly how to put it. We dealt all last season with uh, female mainframes with mustaches. Yes. And then we deal this week with... uh, Farouk playing piano before Farouk starts talking he's playing piano in a very like mtv scene with a bunch of men dressed as women and i sort of like their whole thing of it, it's not just whatever you think you know you don't you know yeah. like that seems like sort of on the nose but uh to to think that there's a binary is insane you never know what's up except for david I think that like all of these like crazy things that we're seeing uh, is just pointing out how David is actually the only binary.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. That Greg? is interesting. Greg, your moment of the week?
1: Is it as interesting as that? No. Mine is just something that happened from the show. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, when Boy Carey is like, locked in the Colt headquarters, they put him in the clock room uh, where we saw um, Switch last yeah. week. And he's like, gotta get out of here. It's the last thing I ever do. And so he just walks around behind the person who's supposed to bring him food. And the actor who plays this guy's part has like a history in clowning and mimery. Oh, yeah. And he really gets to use... He out. He gets to use his powers here. He's like walking directly in her footsteps. And she's aware that he's there. But every time she turns to see him, it's just a classic vaudeville like clown style bit. But he does it very, very well. uh, And... It's just like one of the many like sort of like sub things that you get from Legion, like with musical numbers and everything, that are really very satisfying and fun, and it makes it almost feel like, in addition to being a superhero drama, it's like a, a variety show or something. And it was just a, a really bit, yeah. cool, it was
2: just a really cool scene where because we get the music numbers too, and
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, like you know, and they. If they have an actor on staff and he's got he or she has some other talent, you use
2: that. They throw yeah. it in
1: there and they're like, "Is it real? Is it not? We don't know." And I, I just that's like a perfect example of I would not go see a show of Mimery, but for one scene in this show, knowing this guy has that ability, it, yeah, it works and it's really cool.
2: And then going off both of those moments of the week, um, mine and Greg's, uh, there was a point where Carrie and Carrie switch clothes and dance and act as yeah. each other which is like confusing and making more sense all at the same time. And
1: then girl <sighs> Carrie becomes David uh-huh. all of a sudden and it's not clear. Again, the, the, this show always like exists on a metaphorical level as well. It's not clear if boy Carrie has been tricked by David into thinking that girl Carrie like suggested he do that or what's going on there, but by the end of that dance number, boy Carrie has agreed that he's going to help amplify the powers of switch.
2: And it's different it's different than you don't know anything. Like I think that like David Lynch loves you don't know anything. But this is like don't rely on the things that you thought you always knew. Yeah. That feels different to me than you don't know anything. I yeah. think
1: when this season is over and we know everything that happens in Legion Will understand everything that did happen in Legion. Like I think if we go back and watch from the beginning, yeah. which we should, let's yeah. put that on the show. Let's start over. Yeah, I think after it's all over, we should because honestly, I think it's I think it's going to work. They always conceived of it as a three season arc, and this season, it's really felt like that's the case.
2: And then I, my actual uh, moment of the week, sorry, God damn is it. That I, a ton of crisscross references. Yeah, dude, like makes me want to jump, jump
1: for sure.
0: Do you know who crisscross is, Taylor? I know who crisscross is. Legion, <laughs> Legion <laughs> is on FX. You leave me alone. Uh, Legion is on FX. That's all of the shows for this week.
1: That's true, dude. Uh,
0: we've finished it off. That finishes off our show as well. Next week we're gonna be doing the Lucifer season finale, and also we're starting up. Are for a couple of months. We're gonna weekly be giving away some shushies. shushies. So we're gonna give away some awards. Uh I'm so every fucking week. stoked, <laughs> guys! Tune in to see who who Winona wins. Earp every week. I
1: love the shushies. They mean uh. a lot to me, and I hope we're I hope we get heated about and it. And
2: this is the year that they mean a lot to the people who win them. They're gonna come and pick up yeah, the trophies. We're gonna we're gonna come and pick we them have up them all here.
1: We got this whole this whole studio is just full of Winona Earp trophies. Come yeah. get your trophies.
2: Well, for Winona Earp,
0: I'm Greg for Greg, I'm Ryan for Ryan, I'm Taylor for Taylor. We are the
1: world, and we love
0: you. Or do we? We don't know. Wynona Earp's finally coming back, so world's topsy-turvy. Maybe she doesn't have to be here anymore. So now, she can just, like, fuck off and go do something else, and then we can, like, die. I think that's what I really want more than anything. <laughs> is I want for us to die. Together. I don't want to die separately. If if we have to do it separately,
2: I want to go first. Biggest odds. Yeah. We die together, we die separately.
0: Oh, fuck. I mean, together when gonna is going to be when is, terrible odds. When, when is the next big earthquake? Do we know? You think the next big
2: earthquake is when we finally hang ourselves?
0: Well, I, yeah. I'm thinking, like, I want to do the thing where, like, you, you get the noose already, and you stand on the little box, and you put your neck in it, and then when the earthquake happens, it's like,
2: whoa! And then the box <laughs> falls over, and then we all hang. You know, I was thinking no box. No ice, box. Giant ice cubes. No one will ever be able to figure out who killed us. Oh!
0: Yeah. oh okay
2: they'll just be uh, like a puddle of water underneath us and then like the ice cube label because we have to get like ice cube brand ice cubes and that label will be on the ground below us
0: oh okay and so it will be like ice cube the rapper killed these guys yeah they're
2: immediately gonna be like man that guy that guy clearly killed these white people in o- ice cube O'Shea Jackson killed these people why go to his son Oh, because the son is responsible for the father's crimes.
0: Yes, the, the sins of the father. We
1: yeah. <laughs> we've had that Bible verse, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, and like uh, also like he has like a foreign wife that we have to get rid of.
1: That's listen
0: to our warm up. if You, you guys gotta get listen that. to the warm up The war. It's a part of the Bible. Read the Bible,
2: you stupid Philistines. There's a couple things I want to talk about about Legion. Should I do that off the air? Yeah, should do that off the air. Bye. <laughs>